It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, this is a very special episode of Locked On Dodgers. We met up at the winter meetings, Vince and I, along with our buddies Clint and Doug from Dodgers Nation's Blue Heaven podcast, and we did a couple crossover episodes. We did half on their show, half on our show, so that's what you're going to get today on Locked On Dodgers, talking about Trey Turner, Clayton Kershaw, and the Dodgers' approach to life in general. So let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, what's up? I'm going to skip the big intro for today. It's all in the video you're about to see. We recorded the first half of this conversation as an episode of Dodgers Nation's Blue Heaven podcast. Don't worry, it doesn't matter what order you watch them in. So since you're here, go ahead and watch this one. And then if you want to check out the first half of our our conversation, check out Blue Heaven uh, from Dodgers Nation. We met up with Clint and Doug at the winter meetings and had a fun time talking Dodgers with them. So that's what you're going to see here. So let's jump right into it. Hey, Dodger fans, welcome to Locked on Dodgers. If you missed the first half of this podcast, it's because you weren't watching Blue Heaven. We just recorded, you know, we are Chicago Fire. They are Chicago Med. We are Grey's Anatomy. They are private practice. If you missed half the show, so if you missed it, go check out Blue Heaven for the first half of the show. Now we're on Locked on Dodgers time. I'm Jeff Snyder. That's Vince Semperio. Between me and Vince, we got Doug McCain. Over on the end, we got Clint Pasillas from the Blue Heaven podcast uh, for, for Dodgers Nation. As you all know, I write for Dodgers Nation with Doug and Clint. I do this podcast with Vince. And so this is all my best friends in the whole world. Synergy. Synergy. Yep. Because you know what? As Dodger fans, we can all get along. Dodger podcast, there's, there's enough Dodger fans for all of us. So go check that out if you're joining us for the first time because Clint did such a good job, good job teasing this podcast at the end of Blue Heaven. Welcome. We hope you'll come back again sometime. So we're going to talk some more about some of the stuff we talked about, different angles, and some of the stuff we didn't talk about on that podcast. So first thing I want to jump into, uh, Vince, let's start with you. Uh, more Trey Turner thoughts. The Trey Turner signed with the Phillies. 11 years, $300 million, ridiculous years. Money, not that ridiculous, you know? It's, uh, what, what did we decide that is? $27 million per year, something like that. I think it's, you know, it's math. I, I, I don't know. I, doesn't math care about my feelings? <laughs> um, so it's like $27.3 million per year, which is perfectly reasonable. It's less than Trey could have gotten. As we discovered later, it was actually less than Trey was offered by the Padres. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the 11 years, it looks a lot like the Bryce Harper deal from a couple years ago, where they gave him about 800 years more than any other team was going to offer him. And, and it's basically the polar opposite of the Dodgers approach. The Dodgers are, we'll give you a crap load of money for very few years so that we're not locked in anything. The Phillies are like, we want to be locked in for as long as possible so that it doesn't affect our luxury tax number as much. We want a low AAV and we'll give you as much money as you want as long as you let us spread it out over, you know, the rest of your life. And uh, I, I don't know, Vince, do you feel like that is a better, worse, different approach? 
Yeah, I mean, this is Dombrowski. He's been in on a few teams. Now where he goes, spends a lot. He knows he's not going to be there at the end of these contracts, and he doesn't care because as long as you win, you know, he didn't win. They didn't win, but they made it last year, which they didn't expect to do. And with a guy like Trey Turner, you know, realistically, we, you know, we've talked about it up and down on this show of how realistic it is. His speed keeps up and everything else, whatever. But for if I was like the GM or president, you know, Andrew Friedman knows he's probably going to be here as long as he wants, realistically. Dave Dombrowski doesn't know how long he's going to have. He's going to do what he needs, and he's going to get it out of there. And that's what he's doing here. And, you know, the other part that's funny, too, is just that Trey Turner, if everything was even, I don't care, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast gave you more money, and you still went East Coast. So clearly the East Coast made a little bit of a difference. Clint, I want to read you a, a tweet from uh, Brian Bannister. He, he tweeted this. Uh, when the Phillies were going to the World Series, Brian Bannister used to pitch in the big leagues, has worked for the Red Sox, and worked for the Red Sox in 2018 when they won the World Series. Dave Dombrowski was running the Red Sox at the time, and he did this tweet thread about things to know about Dave Dombrowski. And one of the things kind of ties into this. Uh, number three, he says he believes in blue chip players. In today's analytical game, it's often about who wins the trade or the dollars per war or other internal valuation metrics. Baseball teams have become very smart, but this can lead to a lack of trade liquidity. By always waiting, waiting patiently for smart trades or avoiding larger free agent contracts, it admittedly reduces career risk and public scrutiny, but by being willing to lose a trade slightly at times from a valuation perspective, it often gives you access to special players. Dave believes that players with a proven track record have special qualities and will rise to the occasion, especially in the postseason. This occurred when we won the World Series in 2018, and it's occurring for the Phillies right now. This approach is less sustainable long-term, but it can result in juggernaut teams. With Dombrowski, there's no doubt that the only goal is to win a ring. If everybody else at the poker table is playing the safe percentages, the person willing to risk more chips can be disruptive. Is that approach you wish the Dodgers took, Vince, to play different poker than ever? Or not Vince, Clint. I can't tell you guys apart. You know, uh, do you wish the Dodgers played that version of poker more often? I mean, when you when you get a team that lost in the fashion that the Dodgers lost here in 2022, it's real easy to say, yeah, you want them to go out and make the blockbuster move at the trade deadline, not just settle on Chris Martin, who was fantastic for the team, but it wasn't necessarily the difference maker the team needed at that time. And you can look back, uh, you know, there's different points in time. Manny Machado was the best player available in 2018, but maybe... You know, in 19, they did make the moves they really needed to do to get over the top. In 21, we know they kind of tried, but that was more of, a, of an injury issue or injuries piling up there. Um, even if, if Friedman and company go out and make the massive deals, we don't know if it's going to go out there uh, or it's going to prove itself out and, and be a World Series championship. But when you look at what Dombrowski is able to do consistently, you kind of got to say, crap, maybe. Maybe it does. Maybe it is like uh, just push all the chips in and hopefully the other teams fold or you win their chips. Doug, do you have any thoughts on that? And do your thoughts change based on the fact that 13 days after Brian Bannister tweeted this stuff out, the Phillies lost the World Series, which is the Dodgers can do that too. 
Well, I think it depends on how each team's roster is currently constructed. If you look at this Phillies team, they're built to win now. They've invested heavily in Bryce Harper. They brought in Wheeler. They got Schwarber last season. And look, I'm about, if you win a World Series, you win that World Series, and you get equity with that fan base, and you can blow it all up. You can rebuild it once again. I think when you talk about this Phillies organization with Dombrowski and Middleton, they want to win now. It's all about winning the World Series. And Trey Turner's a guy that can put them in a position next year that could get them over the top. Now, it's interesting that I want to point out that a lot of people say, oh, Trey Turner, he's this postseason bust. He had a 561 OPS before the NLDS last season. But look, they don't look at those types of things. I mean, you talk about Bryce Harper. He gets hot one postseason run. The same thing can happen for Trey Turner. So do I think the Dodgers should do that? I think it depends on the player. If there's a player out there where you think you sign him and you maximize what's left of Freddie Freeman's prime, of Mookie Betts' prime, then I say you go do it because they've shown us that they can draft players in later rounds and develop them into top-tier prospects. They have the financial muscle to go out there and basically do whatever they want. And look, I'm hungry for a parade. I always say parades over prospects. So yeah, if the Dodgers wanted to change course and be a little more aggressive and say, hey, maybe we're not going to win the NL West in 2027, but we're going to put ourselves in a better position to win the World Series in 2023, I would be okay with that. Hey, I interrupt this argument between me and Doug to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From fo- fo- football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Can you be in a better position to win a World Series than putting together the best team in franchise history, though? I mean, just look at the Houston Trastros, though. They won 106 games. They did finish with the best record in the American League. They also had the same layoff, pretty much the same layoff. Of course, they had that extra day before the DS started for them. But it's been proven. Look, there are exceptions. There are teams that go out there that do finish with the best record. They do finish with over 100 wins, and they go on to win the World Series. It isn't always a crapshoot. Ask the 2016 Cubs, the 2018 Boston Red Sox, who Apple Watch. But, I mean, there are instances out there where you can form a juggernaut, but that team is built to win in the regular season and in the postseason. 2016 Cubs went to extra innings in Game 7 of the World Series, and the closer they traded for gave up the tying home run to send it to extra innings. 1998 Yankees. I mean, they set the all-time record for most wins when you consider the regular season and the postseason. They won 114 games. Based on how this, the thing is, the issue I have with this team is they are built for regular season success in a lot of different ways. They are managed to win regular season games. But yeah, I do think that sustainable winning and just having a ticket to the dance, you can't put yourself in a position to get hot. But let's talk about, like if Carlos Correa, for example, if the Dodgers wanted to go crazy and say, all right, Carlos Correa for 10 years, you pair him with Mookie and Freddie. If you give me at least one, possibly two World Series out of that group, I mean, we still, still talk about the 1988 World Series so many years after. You give me a back-to-back, I'm okay with that. Like, I'll give you 30 years to build it back up again. Yeah, I, I get that. And, and for me, if there was somebody who could guarantee a World Series, I would totally agree with you. But, you know, I look at that series. But Dave of, Roberts did. Dave Roberts did that. He well, guaranteed <laughs> yeah, Ooh. but it turns out he couldn't. Uh, yeah, and, and when I, you know, I, I look at that series of the Padres, Will Smith's sack fly in game four. That's a laser. 
with bases loaded. If he had sat 20 feet to the left or 20 feet to the right, the Dodgers win that game and probably win the series because the Padres had no pitchers left for game five. You know, if the Dodgers go four for 20 instead of 0 for 20, they're in a scoring position. That's still really bad. They sweep the series. You know, it's like it was these little things yeah, yeah. and drawing these huge sweeping conclusions based on little things. It, it's like I feel like a conclusion based on bad data has a much less, much worse chance of being the right conclusion than a different one. No, and I'm not saying I'm gung-ho about any of these free agents. I think Carlos Correa's contract towards the end, Aaron Judge's contract towards the end. You're paying for the first four to five years, and then the money at the back end of that deal, you're saying, okay, we'll eat that for the success now. But if there was the perfect free agent, let's say Shohei Otani was a free agent now, I know the Dodgers wouldn't say, oh, we're going to reset the CBT. We're going to develop these young players. They're just doing that because they know that they're not all in on the current free agents that are available. I think the Dodgers are smart. They know the guys that willing to spend big on the Mookie Betts of the world, the Freddie Freemans of the world. There's also a lot of guys that they're going to say, hey, we'll sit this one out and we'll let you guys have a bidding war. They're not going to enter a bidding war with the Giants and the Yankees for Aaron Judge or apparently the Texas Rangers. I don't know about that, but they're spending money like their Bitcoin investors on cocaine back in 2019. But yeah, I mean, I just don't see them going out there making a big splash. Verlander was an interesting name because I think the domino for Verlander was the fact that DeGrom signed with the Rangers. If he signs with the Mets, Maybe the Dodgers are in a better position. I think the, the interest there was mutual and it was real. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm okay. It seems like you want the sustainable model. You just want to have a ticket to the dance and give yourself an opportunity to win. And I love that because, look, let's be honest, the postseason is great, but I like winning. I like driving to work every day in June and saying we beat the Rockies last night. I hate losing any game. So I do love all these 100-plus win seasons. But I think at this point, after what we saw last season, it's time to get a full 162 game regular season championship with the parade in the full nine Kershaw with the champagne popping balls I just want to experience that once in my life okay is that too hard to ask for Jeff no I definitely agree with you and I think you're almost right on my on my feelings no I what I believe is that the best team has the best chance just because the Dodgers didn't win in 2022 doesn't mean that they shouldn't have that there was a problem with the way they built it. I believe that the team with the best players has the best chance to win, whether it's in the regular season or the postseason. I do think there's more of an element of randomness, and that's why we use the word crapshoot sometimes. It's not an actual crapshoot. I don't even know what a crapshoot is. Like, I, I, do you actually shoot crap in a crapshoot? I, I don't know. Oh, rolling craps. I'm not a gambler. I don't go to Vegas. I drive through Vegas all the time. I don't drive to Vegas. Crap. I get it now. Rolling the dice. I get it. All right. So on today's episode, Jeff learned something. Um, I I have an English degree. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, I think the best team has the best chance to win. And so I think your best chance, obviously you can find, you know, some guys who might have a better chance of staying healthy through October or whatever. There's things you can do, and Andrew Friedman said as much in his postseason press conference, that there's probably things we can do to optimize for the postseason, and we're going to try to figure out what those things are. But I think the number one thing is have a lot of really good players, and that's what the Dodgers did, and the fact that it didn't work doesn't mean that it won't work next year. And, that it, and I do think the fact that we weren't allowed to have a parade in 2020 does mess with some people's heads because – 
it's a totally legit championship, but we didn't get to celebrate it the way we might have liked to as fans. And that's why, you know, you talk about uh, if you win World Series, you, you reset things and you, you buy some grace with the fans. I don't think the Dodgers bought that grace with the fans because the fans didn't get to celebrate. So, yeah, fans want a parade. I don't, do you guys want to say anything over there about any of this? <laughs> Let's move on to the next topic then. Um, we, we do want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen, except today it's your second listen. Actually, you know, it doesn't matter what order you listen to. We just talked about the Dodgers on there, too. It's not like you. there's any spoilers. So finish this one and then go listen to theirs. Uh, but anyway, thanks for making us your first listen. Check out Locked on Sports today uh, for another listen later. So the Dodgers finally, officially re-signed Clayton Kershaw. We, we've known it was coming for like seven weeks. Uh, Kershaw said it was, he just took his time. It was his fault. He just didn't make the appointments for the MRIs he needed to make. Kershaw is us, you know, basically he did the same thing. It's like, you know, uh, yeah, they're going to give me $20 million as soon as I make this appointment. Who among us has not put off making a doctor's appointment for $20 million? Uh, What's a doctor's appointment? Doctors are these things that, anyway, um, but, you know, it's, it's great to have it finally done. Vince, does it feel like the Dodgers treat Clayton Kershaw differently and in a good way? Like, basically, it seems to me like this negotiation or this process was they treat Clayton Kershaw like a family member rather than a business decision. They didn't make him a qualifying offer two years in a row that they could have. Business-wise, it would have been the smart move to make in case he did go to the Rangers. Out of respect to him, they didn't do it. And it seems like Clayton Kershaw is repaying that loyalty by saying, you know what, yeah, I probably could have made more. And he joked that he should have held out for more once he saw what DeGrom and Verlander got. He probably could have made more elsewhere, but he chose to come back at a reasonable rate that's friendly to the Dodgers. Everybody's happy. And for me, Vince, and I guess we got Clint talking in this segment too, maybe. Uh, I really like that the Dodgers seem to love Clayton Kershaw as much as I love Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I mean... We want Clayton Kershaw back, and we all know, you know varying degrees of where you think he is in the Dodgers rotation. You know, but beyond that, we want Kershaw back. We want him in the rotation. We want him to be here. We want him to be a Dodger for life. He basically stated he's either going to be a Dodger or a Ranger at some point if he keeps playing. Realistically, he's probably not going to do that, but who knows. But, yeah, it's, it's good for the Dodgers now. It helps them out. You know, he's a number three, hopefully, starter. Hopefully, they can find someone to get him up above him and Julio, but... He fits the mold. He does what he needs to do. They know what he's gonna, what they're gonna get out of him at this point, and it's good for our future as well. I mean, they, we've seen this in other sports. We saw the Kobe contract, and you know, gave Kobe one big last contract. He stayed probably a little bit longer, and it worked out you know, for everyone in, in, in a different way. But this is similar to that, except they're not paying him all the money. So Kershaw's repaying them, and it's now it looks a little more like Tom Brady and the Patriots, where. Tom Brady took the pay cut every year, whether he's getting paid under the table or not, that's different, but took the pay cut every year, got the team that he needed, and they had a chance to win every year. That's what Kershaw's doing at this point. It's going to help out. It's helping out with luxury. I mean, he got a race from last year. He got the yeah. So it's working out for everybody. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, playing Kershaw, I'm sure appreciates it and makes it better for us. I was going to say, I'll, I'll add as well that you appreciate the fact that this is a guy who wants to win. He cares more about winning and staying with the. I mean, even I think even the Dodgers. I almost fear that if he waited and Degrom goes to Texas, that might have helped him consider it a little bit more. Because all of a sudden, you're starting to build a pretty decent rotation there. Uh, they, they, coach. I mean, they got you got Bosch going. They're about back. to sign Aaron Judge. <laughs> They're about to sign Aaron Judge, but you got to appreciate that Clayton Edward Kershaw 
wants to win above all else. And he also says, kind of time and time again over the last, um, well, I guess really two years, unfinished business. And he wants to button that up. He wants to get the real World Series championship in the eyes of some people. 2020 counts. Um, What's that parade? He wants to be popping bottles with Doug McCain in the locker room. And, and, and watching photographers fall off stages and <laughs> everything that comes with a championship parade. Um, the, the thing that makes me a little nervous is if and when that business becomes finished, you know, Kershaw, he's three wins away from 200. He's 193 strikeouts away from, from 3,000. 193 strikeouts probably won't happen in 2023. It could. He hasn't struck out that many since, I think, 2017 or 2016, something like that. It's been a while. But if he stayed healthy, if he actually made 32 starts, not crazy at all to think he could hit 3,000 strikeouts, get to 200 wins, win another World Series championship. At that point, I worry then maybe he does think, well, I'm going to go play close to home for the rest of my career. I'm not ready to retire yet, but I'm going to go be close to my kids and I don't want to see that. I want Clayton Kershaw to be a Dodger, and when he's ready to be closer to his kids, he should do it in retirement and uh, just retire and go home. I don't know. What do you think, Doug? Yeah, like I always say, I mean, if we need to move Dallas to Los Angeles, just so he'll finish his career as a Dodger, we can find a way to make that happen. But I think when it comes to Clayton Kershaw, we almost take it for granted that – we get him on these one-year deals, $20 million contract with the $5 million signing bonus. If you look at his numbers on a minimum 130 pitches, he's right up there as a top 10 pitcher in the league still. He's striking guys out. He's favored that slider over that fastball. He's really reinvented himself quietly over the years, and he's still effective. He's still a top 10 to 20 pitcher when he's right. And then you're going to get those vintage Kershaw nights where you'll get see him get double-digit strikeouts. And I think when you, I think you're going to have to accept that. You do realize that there is a point where he's, going to retire, right? I mean, it's going to happen. He's not going to just play until he's like 100 years old. You don't understand that, right, Jeff? I can handle retirement. I can't handle him in a different uniform. So this is the thing about that. So he keeps signing these one-year deals, and I agree with you. That's something I've been talking about is reaching those milestones, the 3,000 strikeouts. We already know he's a walking first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think what he wants to do is sign these one-year deals, and the minute he doesn't think that he can, like you said, be a number three starter, to use your Kobe Bryant analogy, I don't think he's going to be a Vince Carter type, where I'm going to come off the bench, be a number four or five starter, go to the bullpen or anything like that. I think he's a guy that has so much pride in his ability that once he stops being one of these key contributors, I don't see him taking a reduced role. And I also think he doesn't want the fanfare of a big farewell tour. We give him the roses. I mean, you saw when he broke Don Sutton's strikeout record, he stepped back for the first time, acknowledged the crowd, and it still looks somewhat uncomfortable for him to do that. So I don't think he wants all that adulation. But we know he's going to get a statue at Dodger Stadium. His number will never be worn again. I mean, what more do you want? If he wants to take his kids home from school, just let him do it, Jeff. In retirement, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you right now, one of the things I'm very confident is Clayton Kershaw will never wear another team's uniform. He will retire as a Dodger. Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Sandy Koufax, some players are just meant to wear one team's uniform, and Clayward Edward Kershaw is one of those players. Pull takes, yeah. That really went out of limb there. From your mouth to Clayton's ears, you know. Uh, I don't know, Vince, uh, do you think we're ever going to see Clayton as a Ranger? I don't think the Rangers are going to be good enough to get to that point. So. Even with Aaron Judge? Yeah, even with Aaron Judge. That's true, Seager, yeah. Simeon, Judge, DeGrom, might as well throw in Kershaw, right? No, no, Clayton. 
Um, I don't, I think we've, uh, I think Doug and I argued a lot to fill up our half hour. You know, we do try to keep this thing to about a half hour a day. It's part, partly for our sake, because we do this every day, and partly for your sake, because we want you to be able to listen to it on your way to work. And uh, studies show that it, the average commute is about 30 minutes. So uh, that's what we're doing here. So thank you all for checking out Locked on Dodgers. If this is your first time, we really do appreciate it. We hope you will come back. Uh, if you're a regular listener, we hope you enjoyed it. Doug and, and Clint do a great podcast over at Blue Heaven. They do it usually on Monday evenings. They do a live show. You can watch it on YouTube and uh, listen to it as a podcast later if, if you'd rather listen to it on your way to work or whatever. Your second listen after Locked on Dodgers, never before. Um, first watch, first listen. There it is. We're on YouTube too. Watch us at the same time. You have two screens, one on your phone, one on your computer. You know, click on all the ads for sure to make sure we get all the pay, pay, you know. Um, But thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. You can follow Vince at Vince Imperio. I'm at Snydog. Clint is at Real FRG. And uh, Doug is at Uh, DMAC underscore LA. DMAC underscore LA. Uh, our email address is lockedondodgers at gmail.com. Our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We're here every weekday morning. We hope you'll be here with us when you get in your car or sit on your couch. Tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.